Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers! Chell here, as always, with my co-host. What's up, Unstuckers? That's Josh, because he didn't that's say me. his name, so that's cool. Okay, cool. Guys, we are here coming at you, and it has been a <laughs> hot minute since we've stepped into the Unstuck Library. I think that's oh, how it has been it. a whole hot minute. It has been multiple hot it might minutes. Even be, it might have been two hot minutes. Since, two hot since minutes. Un- yeah, I think it's been two hot minutes since we got into the Unstuck Library. This doorknob was a little dusty. Yeah, it probably has been a hot minute. Yeah. So yeah. we are pulling back the door, dusting off the books, and Josh is going to edumacate us from the Unstuck Library. We need like a, a thing for the Unstuck Library, a little interstitial. I think that might have to be your voice. I think that was great. Welcome to the Unstuck Library. We'll work on that. Um <laughs> All right. So what do you got for us today, Josh? Well, Chell, um, I read a book um, by Seth. I know. I know. Thank you. Thank thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I I appreciate your accolades. I'm going to do it again, to be honest with you. I had such a good time. I had such a good time reading a book. Um, I'm going to do it again. I'm already in the middle of like three other books. <laughs> but I got to finish one of them. That's the thing. I finished a book. That should be the thing that um, gets me applause. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, one of these days I'll finish another one. But finished a book called um, The Practice. It's Seth Godin's latest book. And to be honest, I picked it up because it's Seth Godin's latest book. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't read uh what this even the subtitle was um uh i just ordered it because everything i read from seth godin is absolutely jaw-dropping amazing to me so i just started reading and about uh, you know a couple pages in i realized oh it's a book for creatives that's that's me (laughs) (laughs) so apropos Right. More more so than most of Seth Godin's books, this uh, really uh, struck a chord with me. And the subtitle, which I had glossed over when I ordered it, was Shipping Creative Work. So the practice, colon, Shipping Creative Work. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're out there listening and you're like, I'm not a creative, uh, I'm going to skip this book. Um, don't. I think even though a lot of people out there are talking about how it's, you know, business for creatives, et cetera, et cetera, um, I think a lot of business people undersell how creative they are. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to be creative. You may, may not be what society deems a quote unquote creative because you don't quote unquote make graphic art or um, music or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, but even if you don't do any of those things, um, as an entrepreneur, you have a creative mind to to try and figure out how to problem solve. Um, and and so I think this book applies to you, even if you aren't a uh, quote unquote capital A artist. Um, I like that description. 
yeah um so for so just join me on this little journey uh me being a, a small small a quote-unquote artist um <laughs> i i think it's great and if you are a capital a artist out there uh you're gonna freaking love this all right so <laughs> here we go okay first in general the practice it's uh seth godin's premise throughout this book that doing the work is everything um we talked about this on this podcast before like if your big dreams are like i want to climb everest but you don't enjoy doing the workouts and the daily routines to get to a place where you can physically climb everest then you don't actually want that you just want to fantasize in the fame and the end result of whatever your goal is right so this book is very much about that you have to enjoy the work success comes when you do the work satisfaction comes when you do the work fulfillment comes when you do the work if you're sitting here thinking i really want to be a stand-up comedian and you don't fantasize about the the late hours and the um sitting around with other comedians getting, getting notes and pitching ideas and that stuff and you just imagine the audience laughing and that's the only part you can really fantasize about, then you're not going to be a stand-up comedian because the most successful ones enjoy the work and then the accolades that come after the work are incidental, right? Um, it's great if you can get it, right? But you have to enjoy doing the work. So this book is all about how to enjoy doing the practice, whatever you're working on. And while I'm going to be mostly talking about it from an artist's lens, like he talks about it, I think this very, very much applies um, to my IT business as well. You know, and Chell, your your online culinary uh, classes as well. So yeah. don't check out if you're not a capital A artist again. And here we go. Okay, I got four takeaways for you. One, I will say before I get to the takeaways, if you get this book, I would highly recommend getting the physical book because the first read is great, but I find myself wanting to go back to it kind of like a daily uh, practice in a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like reading a page every once in a while to just keep myself in that mindset is super awesome. So and that's hard to do with like audiobooks, which I listen to a lot of audiobooks. But with this one, I, I highly recommend getting the paper, the paper version or the um, even the digital Kindle version is fine as long as you just have something because I think it's just great to keep on your your nightstand, your desk, whatever, where you can just pick it up when you've got a few minutes and read a page or two uh, after you've done your initial read. So can't can't like recommend this book enough. Okay, four major takeaways. Although this book is all over the place um, and has way more than four takeaways, we didn't want to make this podcast like three hours long. So I got four takeaways for you. Seth advocates um, doing the practice, right? Not dreaming about the outcome. Think about it much like we always talk about, not we, but like society always talks about, like you are what you eat, right? Like if you put in donuts, you're going to become fat and unhealthy and not feel great. Become a donut, um, yes, exactly. You become a donut, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you eat healthy, then you feel healthy, right? In general. Um, same applies to the principle of the practice. If uh, you want to be a, um, you know, a rock star, let's say, and you don't enjoy 
uh, practicing your instrument, uh, songwriting, um, getting better at all these things, then you're not going to get your, your ultimate desire outcome, right? So keep in mind, you are what you do during your day. So if you, during your day, you, you write that blog post, you write a song, you um, make a drawing, et cetera, et cetera, you are an artist. You are that person, you know? It doesn't mean you don't, you don't need to be uh, the stand-up comedian that sells out an arena to be a comedian, right? You are a comedian if you do the practice of writing a joke every day or whatever, right? So keep that in mind. The practice is what makes the identity. And Seth talks about the practice is not in definition preparing for the real game, like as in you practice basketball before the game or you practice the piano before your recital. He stresses the practice is the game. Boom. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that kind of comes back to like the life is a journey thing. You know what I mean? Like don't always look for the end. Like you have to live your day to day. And this is a very similar concept, just honing a little bit deeper on what you want to achieve. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of that in here, um, you know, through, through the lens of a, of a creative, but, um, there's also a lot of like Eastern philosophy in this book that is not like, and the Buddhist says, you know, <laughs> not it's not overly Eastern, but there is like a lot of like, this strikes me as like, you know, enjoy the present moment kind of stuff versus, uh, just dreaming about the future and getting stuck in the future or the past and all this stuff. Okay, takeaway, key takeaway two. Here we go. Before any project begins, ask yourself three questions. Much like this podcast has three questions, but these are different three questions. Okay. <laughs> One, who is it for? You need to know who you are hoping to create change in. Create, creation for creation's sake is fine if that's what you're going for. But if you really want to be an entrepreneur about it, you got to create for someone, right? For something, for a reason. Um, you got to think about specific people that you want to serve. Like if I started a business and I said, I want to start a business where I get paid to watch Netflix all day. Yes. <laughs> Let's just say. Um, that, that's, a, that's a grand dream to be sure. Um, something to strive for, but um, who's your audience? Who, who in their right mind is going to pay you for that? I'm sure there's a job at Netflix of someone who watches stuff and gets paid for it, but you know, just sitting down and going, I'm really good at watching Netflix isn't going to get you um, anywhere. <laughs> right? yeah. So like thinking about any work you do from my IT business to the, to the songs I write, to the courses you create, channels to whatever anyone out there is doing, who is this for? And really identifying who that is, which we've talked about before in so many different ways. And that's like finding your avatar for your business, right? Like the person, like yes. Becky with the good hair. I, I need to market to her, for example. <laughs> Tell me more about Becky with the good hair. <laughs> it's just the avatar name. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Um, yeah. And then at the same time, you have to acknowledge that whatever your work is, it's not for everyone nothing like nothing in the universe is important 
to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't all agree on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so find the people who agree with and want the thing that you make or that you want to make. Okay, question one is, uh, who is it for? Question two, what is it for? Like, what problem are you seeking to solve? What opportunity do you want to make it possible? That's just key, right? Like, okay, who is it for? This is for Becky with the good hair. But like, what problem are you solving for her, right? If you're just like, this is for Becky, I think she'd like it. Eh. But if it's, this is for Becky and here's why it's going to change her life, right? <laughs> She's got good hair, but and, shit eyebrows. So yeah, right. You know? Like she needs her eyebrows fixed. Done. Did? She needs her eyebrows did. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the proper how you talk about eyebrows. Uh, I don't, I don't done did do mine at all. So, so just keep that in mind. And it, I'm not talking about like changing the world necessarily. Like, it's not then that's be earth shattering change in Becky. It just has to be change. Um, it could be very small. It could be like if you're if you're a fine artist and you're a painter, you want to create change of people feeling like they really own their space when they hang your unique artwork on their wall, right? And you could be solving the problem that my wall is too bare, right? <laughs> and I don't want. Uh, target uh, reprinted BS on my wall. I want something unique and interesting. Um, and it says something about me as a person, right, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's the person who is for, and that is the problem you're solving for them. Okay, question three is what change will it create, which we just kind of went over, and I did it out of order, but there you go. So like what change will it create after they consume or buy or whatever, get the thing that you make, how will they act or feel differently? Now, a lot of people ask these three questions after they make something. Raise your hand if you're guilty of that. I'm raising my hand. Chell's raising her hand. You can't Please. see us, but I bet you out there, other people are raising their hand. And get your hand back on the wheel. You're driving. Uh, <laughs> but if you ask these three questions before you start to create, you're going to have a much more successful product in terms of likelihood of uh, someone wanting to pay money for it. So um, I think that's great. That's like something I, I think about often, but I often think about afterwards to yeah. uh, be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I think with just those three questions, in addition to Simon Sinek's start with why, I feel like both of these in conjunction, like together, if you are a budding entrepreneur, if you have kind of an idea and you need some guidance, read these two books together. I feel like that's just going to be like a total like brain explosion, but in a good way. I think you're right. And, and if you are at all, a, definitely define yourself as a creative. Um, you have to get this book and Simon Sinek start with why. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't, e you're not even allowed to say no to me. Just go get the freaking books. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, takeaway number three of four. Um, at the start of any new project, it is helpful to enable constraint. When you, when, so it's like, so if, let's say you're a writer, right? Your blog, book, TV show, whatever you're writing. 
you have the blank page syndrome, right? Why, why is the blank page syndrome so hard to get past? It's because the possibilities are endless. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when that cursor is just staring at you, blinking, you're like, well, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. Seth also has three questions to help define his constraints that keep you moving forward. So a different set of three questions, if you will. <laughs> Question one, what resources are you willing to put into this? Like if you're a writer, how much time is it going to take you? And how much time are you willing to give? That's going to define a whole lot for how this project moves forward. Like, let's say I sit down to write a book. And then I say, I've got two hours today and probably no time the rest of the week. Maybe I shouldn't write a book. Maybe I'm writing a <laughs> blog, you know? You know what I mean? Like, so really being real with yourself on what resources you are willing to put into this in terms of time, money, um, stuff, equipment, um, social capital, whatever you got, you know, um, that is going to define what you're making. Okay, question two, what do you want your customers to be like? This is important in any sort of business. This is again, this is where it's like, oh yeah, even if you're just an IT guy and you don't feel like you're a quote unquote creative, um, it still applies. Like you will hate your business if you hate your customers. So before you make the thing, determine what do you want your customers to be like? If you, if you venture out into a business because you're good at a thing, and this is quite honestly in my field, a lot of IT people, right? They're good at fixing computers. They hate talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, if they just like, I'm good for anyone who wants their computer fixed, you're going to have a lot of customers you don't like. But if you're like, I like clients who um, are completely computer illiterate because I'm really patient with them and I can, and I'm really good at showing things. And I really like making them get over that hump of like complete fear of computer to like basic using, usage. Other people in my industry might go from, I hate complete novices. They drive me insane. I want someone with basic skills who wants to get more efficient, who wants their computer to be faster, et cetera, et cetera but I don't want to deal with any of that like basic level BS, right? That's yeah. two different IT people um, and, and IT clients for me, right? And if, if, you, if one of them drives you crazy and the other one doesn't, then you need to gear everything you're making towards the person who doesn't drive you crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's true of like non, I mean, yes, service-based businesses as well, but for me, it's a little bit different, right? Like I'm going to be working with a client for a longer period of time. So for mm -hmm. me, my criteria is that like, we have to vibe, like they don't necessarily have to have like a sailor's mouth like I do, but like we have to have the same mentality to some extent and like be able to joke because we are going to be spending time together, you know? So I feel like that can differ from business to business, but finding what makes your job more enjoyable, especially if you are working one-on-one -on -one with clients, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and keep in mind that like work is ultimately for other people. So if you want to just make paintings and store them in your attic, good for you, but that's what's called a hobby. If you want to work, um, if you want to, you know, make something creative for money, then um, 
you have to have to have to keep the other person in mind, the customer in mind, the client in mind. Just like not everyone uh, is going to like what you do or make or even you, you also don't like everyone. No one does. So pick the people you like that you vibe with that you want to serve um, so that you don't end up building a business that just frustrates you. Seriously. Um, okay. And then um, the last question. So we did what resources are you willing to put into it? What do you want your customers to be like? And last, what do you want to get out of this? Keep that in mind too, because it's the opposite of what I was just talking about, right? Like you can lose yourself if you go too deep in what the client customer wants. And if you lose yourself, you're going to be frustrated and annoyed in a different way. Um, you're not going to be happy. So you need to meet at the intersection of, of the ideal client and your best self, right? And that way, hopefully you don't hate your business. <laughs> and I mean, you guys, you are going to be your own entrepreneurs, right? Like, yes, you are technically working for someone when you take on a client. But like what Josh said earlier, you have to put those parameters up. And that's imperative here as well. Like put those parameters up, know what they are, set your boundaries if that's the case and really put out there who you want to work with and what's going to be the best for you. Because yes, your goal may be to help people, but if you're not happy doing what you're doing, then who is that serving? Like, yes, your clients should be first and foremost, but your happiness and like your sanity within your business should also be really important to you as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And the last point I want to bestow on podcast listeners before they go out and buy the book anyway, is always be shipping and always get feedback. Um, he talks about, Seth talks about the importance of shipping. And of course, shipping is uh, kind of a term that applies to like, if you're making a physical object, but he means that very broadly, like always publish, always um, share, always do whatever it is that in your field gets the work out there. Again, you put it in an attic, cool, good for you, that's a hobby. But if you want it to be a business, you want to, as the subtitle says, ship creative work. So if you're uh, a writer, publish that blog. You know, um, If you're creating an online course like Chell, publish it, get it out there, try things to put it in front of people. Part of the practice, as he puts it, is shipping often. It is only through shipping that putting it in front of people that we learn to master our craft. Too many people focus on the outcome and fail to ship often enough. It's only through writing a hundred blog posts that you will improve your writing and as a result, the chances of a positive outcome. So again, put it in an attic, you're never going to get anywhere financially again just if it's if it's a hobby for you great but if you want to make it a business you got to put it in front of people now putting it in front of people means inviting feedback inherently um some people like to give their opinions these are probably not the people you want feedback from <laughs> <laughs> seth godin talks about he never checks his uh amazon book reviews because these people don't give him feedback that are useful to make his writing better, right? So instead he seeks out the people who can give him specific and actionable feedback to improve his practice of writing books and blogs. 
So find out what what those people are for you, right? Like when I went personally, when I write a song, um, I don't just blast it to the internet and say, give me feedback because <laughs> most people, I don't want their feedback. You, you have to pick your people and you have to pick what you ask them too. Like, don't just say, hey, Chell, what do you think of this song? You can say, hey, Chell, I'm, I'm looking at this and this. What are your thoughts on specific questions, right? That'll get you specific answers that enhances your craft. Moral of the story there is that feedback is something you need, but try your best to ask for the feedback that you need um, and ignore the rest that comes at you. And don't be afraid of feedback either, because I know a lot of people, they just want to put out a thing, especially when you're like a, a, a younger, budding, creative type. You want to put out the thing and you want everyone to love it. Of course, we all want everyone to love it. But again, <laughs> as we put, as we pointed out at the top of this podcast, like not everyone loves everything. So um, it's just impossible. <laughs> you're not going to make the thing that everyone loves. So don't worry about that. Um, but try and put it, try and get the feedback that helps you get better. Always, always getting better. Because again, no one's perfect. So don't pretend you are and hide from any negative feedback, but only take, you know, critiques or positive feedback either way that helps you build your practice. And that's it. That circles back to the journey aspect of things too, right? Like it's still all about the journey, the continuing of learning, the uh, the process to get you from A to B to get to clients. Like guys, that's, that's the whole, I mean, that's like the fun part of it. Yeah. Working with clients and making money is awesome, but like you need to learn and see how much you can grow from point A to point B. And I feel like that's what like the nitty gritty of this book is kind of breaking down to telling you to enjoy that kind of scary process, that not straight line to get you from point A to point B. Absolutely. Couldn't said it better myself. So that's it on the practice by Seth Godin. Um, if you've been listening to this episode and thinking Josh doesn't really seem to like that book, I don't know what the heck you're listening to. Go get the book. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially if you're creative, but not only if you're a creative. Little A's and big A's allowed. Little A's and big A's alike. Hey, Unstuckers, Chell here. If you know of a busy family who finds it challenging to cook meals at home and often finds themselves going out or ordering in, have them follow the link in the show notes to learn more about how I teach busy families to cook quick and easy meals, even on the busiest of weeknights. It's time for a recap. One, focus on the practice, not the outcome. Two, before you start, ask yourself, who is it for? What is it for? And what change do you hope to create? Three, define enabling constraints to help you make the project. Four, always ship and ship often. Always ask for useful feedback and disregard the rest. And that's a wrap on episode 112. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. And remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. Go back to episodes one, two, and three to learn more about the Unstuck Institute, me and Chell. If you love our podcast, would you help us out by leaving us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts? It really helps the show out a lot. If you leave a five-star written review, you will be entered into a drawing to win a 30-minute brainstorm coaching session with me and Chell. 
instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking with Faith Bolton about stories in business. Creators make magic happen. Seth Godin. Here's the thing, Chell. Josh. It all keeps adding up. I think I'm cracking up. Are you also paranoid? I might just be stoned. Oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Do you have the time to listen to me whine? <laughs> 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 <laughs>